Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hello, hello, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. We are here for another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today with us is Aaron Draplin, who is a graphic designer, author, and founder of Draplin Design Co. Uh, He's had all sorts of amazing clients over the years, Nike, Burton Snowboards, Esquire, uh, Red Wing, Ford Motor Company, even the Obama administration, and is a uh, co-founder, co-creator of the Field Notes brand, which you guys uh, might have heard about. They're notebooks and planners um, that uh, a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs absolutely love. And Aaron is, is truly a design guru, and we're really excited to have him on our program today. Aaron, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hello. So you and I were emailing back and forth, and one of the lessons that you experienced as a, as a creative, as an agency owner, uh, is I can do this stuff on my own. Take me to that moment. Like, what was that moment where you made that decision? What was going on in your life? Uh, what what was what was happening for you? Well, I was working in my really my first agency job, and it wasn't a bad job. It was actually a really good job. Be worked with, uh, you know, smart people, smart brands, the place today, you know, all these years later was just, it was just going, you know, it, it continues to go gangbusters. So it's not like, I can be really careful, you know, um, that I paint those guys as like sort of like a bad place to work. Cause it wasn't necessarily that what it was, was just, you know, you, you're excited to be employed and you're at this job and you've got a job, you know, you're making money and, and as a good little, you know, sort of Midwesterner, you know, I would stay late, you know, and it starts to turn to this guilt thing where you're like, you kind of can't leave. Someone catches your, you catch their eye as you're leaving and it's like, well, why are you going home? Well, it's six o'clock. I'm going home. But, you know, you kind of got guilted into staying late, you know, so you'd stay late because you thought that's what you're supposed to do to keep your job and be a good worker and all this kind of stuff. So, okay, that's great. So, you know, I, I didn't really push back. You know, I did my job. I, you know, I would work late when I had to, and I would, you know, which was, you know, something I never really, really talk about. I would use the resources also inside this place for my own, you know, like making little prints and goodies and stuff. So, so doing a little side hustle. Yeah. I mean, so I'm just always like, you know, I was just, I just, I utilized my time there, but here's the thing is like, it was just, you know, when you're on the phone with a client and they're having a bad go. And like, I remember a guy that we had kind of, like, you know, uh, debatable or not, we helped make him a millionaire, you know, and one day he screamed at us and I watched, you know, our very stoic leader have to kind of take it on the chin, push back, firm, fair, but we just kind of had to take it. And it was just such a bummer because it was just like, God, like you no know, millionaires should be allowed to yell to thousandaires, right? And what got me going there was like, you know, here I am, like I'm in this job, I'm working hard because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And yet I don't even want to be down here. Now what happened was, you know, and yet you're fighting yourself because, you know, you're just excited to be employed. There was a guy there 
there was a kid there that worked, you know, probably five or six years older than I was. And he pulled me aside one day and he just said, you don't need to be down here. And I said, what are you talking about? You know, we're on a lunch hour or something. He said, you can do this on your own. You can do this from your home. You know, if you're not comfortable down here, you don't have to be on these meetings and stuff. If you don't like these clients, you know, Draplin, you can go do this on your own. And it, you know, it kind of scares you because you're like, you know, like, well, what are you talking about? That's like dangerous. You know, where I'm from in the Midwest, any job's going to be a good job. That is just pounded into me, you know, from growing up and. Because you're you're originally from Detroit, right? Well, I was born in Detroit, but Northern Michigan, where it's even, you know, I wouldn't say rougher. It's just quieter. It's smaller. Traverse City, Michigan, you know, beautiful town now. 25 years ago, it was a beautiful small town, you know, smaller, but a nice place for a kid to grow up. Um, We would go to Detroit, you know, for uh, Christmases and ball games and, you know, school shopping and shit. But here's the deal is like this one pep talk. When this guy explained to me, he said, you know, I work from my home. I uh, take my kids to school. I drop my kids off from school, you know, whatever. Like he was just around and he said, you know what? I'm actually making better money. And it, and it just, you know, it really, so I started to ask around. I started to talk to friends and other sort of case studies. And, you know, it was a, a scary leap to go out of my own because, you know, where I'm from, you know, like I didn't leave my pizza job until basically I had to quit. You know what I mean? Like I didn't leave it. I didn't get fired like from 13 to 17 and a half. <laughs> you learn Some dedication there for pizza. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a good job. I had my buddies were there. You know, we didn't make a lot, but we had your friends. There were other benefits. You know, there was a good curb out back to skate and <laughs> you know, just all this kind of shit. So, okay. I knew how to make something, maybe not a savory work for you. You know, that's like a Midwestern art. And you know, here I was feeling guilty that like, oh, I can't leave. This is a cool job. They have cool furniture. It's air conditioned. (laughs) Great work. You know, when I went on my own a couple weeks in, that's when I knew I could totally do this. I could get my own clients. I could continue to share, show work, get new work. And in that first year, you know, I went from, I think it was 65K, which was an amazing, you know, was good money. I tripled my wage that first year because I could work all day. I could stay up as late as I wanted. I could, you know, sleep in, be really, really efficient with my time, you know, you know, go take a road trip. My clients didn't even know where I was. I was driving across America. I'm seeing, I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm on the road doing things and I was still paying my bills, you know, and basically, it was just a big old, you know, uh, the F word of just uh, freedom. You know, I had this freedom to go and make my own decisions. I had this freedom to take jobs that were a better fit for me. Sometimes there was no money. Sometimes there was, you know, lots of money. And I slowly started to get ahead and then quickly started to chip everything away. You know, once I got a little bit of cake in the bank, that started to kind of like double and triple because, I was still on my little frugal path, you know. And, where- and real quick before we before we go on to like where the the business started to turn to, I'm just kind of curious. Like in that moment between you're working at another agency and you, this guy tells you that it's um, you could be better off on your own, which is super inspirational. Were there any like what stakes were? Uh, at play for you? Was it just as simple as, oh, I'm going to leave my job and now I'm going to go do this other thing and there's oh, really no no, no... no, I mean, as first of all, as a good worker, 
you don't just take this job and shove it. You know, you, you, that's, that's not, that's not good business. That's not ethical. You know, you can't leave people hanging. So I, I remember I put my month in or five weeks or something like that in and explained to him what I was going to do. And I told, you know, from our, our main principal, you know, I remember him saying, of course you could go do this. I'd love to hold on to here, but you know, I did it too. You know, and I mean, you know, even 15 years later, that guy has an incredible business in town. It's called Cinco Design. It's an incredible business. But what was on the line was I had just bought a home. So I had, you know, 1800 bucks a month, 1500, you know, in a mortgage and 300 and what, you know, water and cable and electrical and shit. So 1800 bucks a month was my, you know, I had to come up with that. I had that on the line. I had school loans. I had a car loan and all these things. But it was like, you know, on my side hustle, I had started doing, you know, we, we, did, we, we started a little magazine. We had, you know, I was doing freelance for you know, snowboard uh, graphics and stuff. And those things, just a couple of those were enough to catapult me, you know, into this zone where like, wow, I've got a couple years of rent. I had 20 grand the bank saved. And that meant that was a couple years of rent covered whatever that meant, you know, like within about three to four years, you know, like, you know, I was playing the game. I was paying my rent every month. I was paying all my bills right away. I was, you know, it's like a dock leaving the boat. Like I couldn't see the dock anymore. That was like that taste of like having no money. You know what I mean? Like I just, uh, you know, like for a long, long time, that ship wasn't going to sail. I, I couldn't get out from underneath credit card debt. I couldn't get out from underneath whatever it was, but you know, as a good, you know, Midwesterner or whatever you want to call it, I made, I faithfully paid my insurance, faithfully paid my car, no dings, no nothing, you know, like you don't let that shit slip. You, you budget your life. And when I started to get ahead, that's when it was just kind of like this epiphany of like, this is actually easier on my own. I'm actually saving more money on my own. Now, what is that variable? Because I've had guys challenge me and say, well, you know, Drap, when you're really talented, and I'd stop them and say, but you don't even see the work that we were, you'd never know the work I was doing. It wasn't talent. It was just grit. You know, it was like being able to roll with every little shit job that came down the pipe. It, it was, some weren't all that pretty, you know, some blew up in my face you know, weird stuff like that. Um, but I knew how to get through, them, you know, because then when the good one came and I would latch onto it, I knew how to really kind of help grow that thing. And those things turned into, you know, I want to say bigger problems, but just great fun, more and more fun problems to have, you know? I mean, you have some in, in your roster of clients, some very, very big names. Was that a, it's a little misleading though. <laughs> well, I know. And and those are always misleading because I try to, I try to, you know, show my greatest hits, of course, but I also try to put in there a couple bands you've never heard of because really that is the story of my entire 15 years of phenomena. Like why the hell are you interested in this? Why the hell is anyone? And it's a weird thing to manage that sort of interest because, you know, with all due respect, if none of you guys had ever called me, I'd still just be hammering. Does that, does that make sense? It's not to be like you love, um, you love the craft of, of design and the things that you do. Um, you would do those regardless of whether yeah. Nike and, and was a client or not. or not. People were interested. I was always interested in sharing a tip or a trick or, you know, freaking out and figuring out ways to do stuff better, you know, be it with my buddies or whatever. So, 
you know, this has been this weird thing to talk about yourself a lot, you know, and somehow, you know, like get excited that maybe you are sort of, um, you know, you're, you know, you're sharing little tips and tricks. Like, I like that. I, I don't want to be so like closed off that I, I couldn't freak out some kid, you know, by telling them exactly what I do, because, you know, I just, I went to art school in Minneapolis and I met, <laughs> I met some really cool people there, man. And they let you know it. Oh, <laughs> either they were threatened because I was just excited and naive and kind of dumb and whatever else you want to call it. But you know, when you see that stuff go down, you know, and you're kind of like, oh, man, like, I don't want to be one of those guys. I want to be a guy you can approach, you can talk to, you can be buddies with, you can share things with, you know, stuff like this. Because so, so you mean like like people at, at the school that you went to, like they were very closed minded, like elitist in the design art space. And yeah, you, you didn't want to do that. They're, they're, you know, they're, they were doing their own thing. And there's not a lot of room, you know, for, um, you know, someone new coming into the scene or something. And I just, I just never looked at it. Like I was ready to take the crappiest job going because that sounded pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a weird thing. It's like, I wasn't even looking at those guys and being like, I'm gunning for you. I hope that, you know, whoever, there's just a couple names I remember. And I, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a dumb thing, but I just remember that and being like, Ooh, God, I, I've always, I've always heard that the, the, the best vengeance is success. So becoming successful <laughs> or known is sometimes, you know, the best vengeance on, yeah, on those yeah, folks. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, there, there might, there might be something there. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just such a weird thing because it's just, it's really unnecessary, I guess, is the, the main thing. It's like, wow, people are just threat. I get it. It's fine. I didn't want to be that guy in my life. I didn't want to be that guy in business. I didn't want to be that guy, you know, meeting people and them being, you know, freaked out, you know, or, or whatever. And, you know, and that's really how I've tried to run my life, you know, be it whatever you want to call it. You know, I just, I just didn't want to be that person that was, you know, I don't know, just so like, I don't know how to say it, hard to approach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you leave this agency, you got on your own, you're able to start picking up some clients. Uh, the business starts growing. You mentioned that you tripled your, your income within a very short period of time. Did that at some point like turn into like Aaron is now like Aaron, the businessman, or are you still like, has the business grown beyond that? Obviously I assume it has. And you know, are you, um, is it, are you still able to be, you know, in that creative space most of the time or how, how has that shifted over the last few years for you? Well, you know, what, you know, when it, when it kind of got out, of, it, it, it kind of got a little out of hand, you know, because, <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> well, because, you know, you, you know, you have to fess up with your taxes and you have to be really careful with that stuff. And, you know, this is this true. Day, that was, that was pretty terrifying because mm. I didn't know what I was doing and I was just excited to take, basically any job, you know, as many as I could, because it all bottom lined into one little catch all of like, you're getting ahead. That's a good thing. You're getting ahead, you know? And, you know, how does, how does anyone do this? How do, how do people do this? How do, uh, how's a business? How does, how does anyone do? And, you know, so then, you know, but you, you know, like I said, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful when, um, you know, you have a good year, and, you know, that comes back to haunt because either you screw something up or, or, you know, 
you got to be really responsible with that. And success is a weird word, but now as I get older and I realize that's precisely what it was. It was like, you know, you got to be careful with that stuff. You got to watch, you got to watch it. I mean, I know from my own experience, we made a choice to, instead of uh, paying our uh, withholding taxes, we, we thought, oh, like, we'll just not, not pay this for like a month and we'll get back on track and a month turned into like three years. And before we knew it, we were like six figures in debt with the IRS. And I mean, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs probably have that story. So is, is that like one of those? You, you have that t-shirt I'm, I'm hearing? You have the, uh, I forgot to pay my taxes t-shirt? I've got something a little weirder than that. You know, like basically my most, in, I mean, one of the things when you said, you know, what's a, what's a triumph that you had or what's something that you did? And I, I wanted to start on a positive note to talk to you. You know, I don't want to come in and be this guy who was like, you know, instantly just like, you know, oh yeah, here's where I screwed up. But I'll, I'll tell you the greatest place I ever screwed up is, it was about about eight years ago, and what it was was every year in the in the you know February I got a I got a little form letter from my accountant that would say things like all right all you early birds get your stuff in, you know if you're on if you're on you know if you're on top of things cool if not you know let me know and then I'll get your extension filed, and then we'll go from there you know this kind of stuff and. And, you know, here I was, you know, one of those guys that was having to go to him every year and say, you know what, there's just no way I'm going to get it done right away. And yep. Okay. So I had worked with this guy for eight or nine years. So, you know, this is like my ninth year and he knew, you know, when I would call him, he would know. And I, and in my letters, they would say, I know you're an animal and I don't worry. I already got the thing, you know, put in and, and we're good to go. And I'll be talking to you in what, you know, August and September. So good luck, keep going, you know, and just keep, keep your, you know, keep your receipts and keep all, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, and he was a real sweet guy. He was an older guy. So I got that, I got that letter and, oh man, I just didn't open it that year for whatever reason. I just didn't open it. I just thought, yeah, he's got it filed. We're cool. And here we are again, you know, uh, uh, you know, at this sort of like, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, here we are again. I, you know, I just, I just assumed he had, he had, he had filed it. Well, it turns out that was the year that he was calling me or writing me to say, Aaron, I'm retiring. I had to jump out of the game. So this is going to give you a couple months to go figure out what you want to do and how you want to do it. You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you're going to have to find someone else, you know? And I, I just was, I was probably gone. I was whatever. So I didn't notice it. And then of course I come back, you know, from my summer, you know, like four or five months later, I come back and I, I call him up. Like I always did in August. All right, John, let's get this thing going. And I talked to this woman and she says, you know, John retired, Aaron. So, uh Oh, you know, so what that was, that's what you call, a failure to file. And that is, it's really bad. Um, so I screwed up, you know, pretty bad. And uh, that was the year that I was dinged pretty hard, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I got, I, I didn't get in any trouble, but I got a big fine, you know, um, because, you know, I'm, I'm not fudging the taxes. It's just more like I just screwed up. I screwed up is the best way to put it. And uh, that one still stings to this day. M- you know, mainly just embarrassment because yes, I got fined. I didn't have, 
all that much in the bank then. You know what I mean? You know, of course, it's been fun to get ahead and and be doing okay, but I, I certainly didn't have that then, and that was a that was a rough one. After that, I had I got a local guy in Portland who, you know, r- really reprimanded me, and he was like my age and just kind of said, "You can't, you know, you can't screw this stuff up. This isn't, you know, like you you don't you don't you don't know what you're doing, and you know, because of that, look at, look what you just did." So. You know, that's the lowest it's ever been. But I learned real quick. And after that, you know, yeah, you know, I always need my extensions and stuff. Sure. Um, But, you know, I did, you know, I've been good about it since then. It was just scary, you know, scary to see that and and screw up that bad, I guess is what I'll say, you know, screwed up pretty bad. I learned, I learned, you know, I mean, I know people who, who screw around with that stuff and, and every year it's one of those things. And it's like, man, no way, never, ever again. You know, I, I, I can't mess around with that stuff. I don't want to sweat it. And, you know, come, you know, I think it was last year was the first year I had done in August or excuse me, in April. And that was like such a triumph. And then, you know, last year combined with the book and all this other stuff I had going on, I had to do it in October, you know, with the extension and just like anything else. But you know, what, what a, what a weird thing. Like there's no, you know, to this day, I still have friends. I'm kind of pissed at because I didn't know what I was doing. And people would kind of like offer this kind of folky advice about how to handle that stuff. And they, they never they didn't know what the hell they were talking about, you know, <laughs> how to handle it and shit like that, you know, or whatever. So that's good. Well, yeah. I love, I love that story, man. It's uh it's definitely something I, I, a lot of our listeners probably uh, either might be, some of them might be going through that right now. And uh, maybe some of them have uh, considered uh, or, or maybe just not made that a priority. So I think there's a lot of takeaways there. I'm going to jump to our lightning round. I don't know if you have your answers prepared or not, or if you're ready to just jump into just our, our lightning round. All right. So Aaron, what is the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, I think bigger isn't better. You know, it's just, I fell in with a bunch of guys here in Portland that were just like, they weren't concerned with the big Nike job. They were just concerned with kind of like having a good little apartment, living their lives, you know? And I'm just really glad I saw that because if I would have fell in with these guys that were kind of jockey about it, you know, intense or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, I just got to see it not matter, you know, not matter as much, you know, like you have a good little life in a shit little town and still, you know, feel good about, it. you know, that I need, I need, I'm so glad I saw that. So yeah, bigger isn't always better because, you know, the bigger the clients I've had, even if there was more money involved, it was nightmarish, you know, like, you know, just that many more emails, that many more painful phone calls. There's a price you pay for all that stuff. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, some of my favorite jobs, it wasn't about money. It was just about working with things that you enjoy that doesn't follow the mold, the, the sort of mode of like, you know, I just had a guy last week who just told me the same thing. Like I can help make you so much bigger. And I was like, for what, <laughs> for what, you know, I really kind of challenged him. I said, but why, you know, like who's to say that I don't, I didn't figure it out and crack a code, you know, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, that's just not the way that guy thinks, you know, it's pretty interesting. That's cool. I think a lot of folks that are thinking about trying to get those types of clients, is probably a really good perspective from the other side of the, of the fence, if you will, that, you know, it's, it's not always, 
um, maybe what you ultimately want or what's going to make you happy. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, probably just being scared, you know, like, like, a, you know, I always say a good little Midwesterner, but we don't really make bullshit decisions. You know, you kind of can't, you only, you don't get a lot of shots, you know, like we, uh, there is something to that, like sort of like painful frugal quality of a Midwesterner, you know, like worrying about it, making decisions. My mom and dad taught me when I was a kid, like to totally make like lists and stuff. And you don't just, you know, like you, you really think about what you're going to do <laughs> before you go and just say, that's it. I'm out of here. I mean, I've done that once in my life. I don't really regret it, but it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty careful to make a decision. Might not be the right one, but I think it through for a long time. I don't, I don't do a lot of rash, you know, rash decision making very, very little. Can you share an internet resource, a tool that you use that helps you either in your business, your personal life that you think our listeners would get value out of? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. Internet resource. Well, you know, there's, a uh, something I've been playing with a thing called better rename, better rename. And I think the latest version was nine better rename, but what it is, you know, for anyone I'm 43, right. And a half. So if you are younger than me, well, enjoy your youth. But if you are 46 and you're nodding right now, cause you remember what a pain in the ass it was to, uh, name your files and keep those things consistent and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, for all these years, I've been double clicking, triple clicking a file, you know, files are currency, you know, whatever you call it, you know, and about when I, when I made the, when I made the book, uh, my, my publisher, my editor said, Oh, check this thing out. We just, we just found this little plugin. It's a couple bucks. Like, I don't, I just don't even know what are good or bad plugins. Right. And uh, what it is, it's just this quick quick way to rename a file. And it is amazing. And I use it pretty much every day. And, you know, like you see, you know, different things come through. There's another thing that, you know, as a nerdy designer that I have been using a ton of, and it's called um, uh, Astute Graphics. And what these guys are, they're, they're like, they're plugins. You know, you can get plugins for Illustrator. Like there, there are like, you know, whole teams of people that build these things. I never even knew about it. But for some really nerdy ways to connect lines, you know, just using really simple tangent, you know, tan, uh, tangents and stuff that I couldn't figure out on my own. These guys, they clean that all up and it is absolutely amazing. So Astute Graphics, go check out, I think it's called Vector Scribe and Go check that out like right away. And then this better rename nine, because you know what? I'm hit with a lot of stuff. Like people are always saying, Oh, you haven't heard of, uh, you know, I don't know what do you guys, <laughs> you know, Oh, you haven't heard of guru? The hell's guru? Well, guru <laughs> does this, you know, I, you know, in one ear out the other, like, Oh really? Like, I don't, I don't want any more. I don't need any more you know, fucking notifications. <laughs> I don't need any more email. Oh no, there's an app now you can get that helps you. Um, clean out your junk mail even better, you know, and I have to say a big part of my, my day is just managing all that stuff, you know, just like, you know, kind of griping about it, but that's how I feel like I can get through a day fast sometimes, you know, is just being able to bust through, you know, bust through fast and uh, uh, clean all that stuff out. Like, you know, like, you know, all these, I've had 
you know, I've had my email forever, my Aaron email forever in, in 1997. It's 20 years now, you know, there's a lot of spam, but <laughs> some, you're, you're, you're probably on a few lists. That's uh Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's a rhythm to it though, if that makes sense. There's a yeah. rhythm, you know, and the idea that I, you know, yet another thing, I'm very cautious. Like I was cautious when the iPhone came out, my buddy, Jared sent me a nasty email and just said, what are you waiting for? You know, these things just, just wait to see how good Helvetica looks. And I went down to, I remember I went to the iPhone store. <laughs> wait to you know, see how good Helvetica looks. That's a, that's, that, that's a compelling reason to buy an iPhone. You know, you know why I, I was afraid to do it? Because for a month before that, every night I would do, I had, you know, I don't know, two or 3,000 of these little address book things from all the people I had known my whole life. And I got some cool Samsung switchblade or some cool phone but it took it was this painful way to like update it because you just couldn't like transfer because it you know everything from mine was coming from apple and there was no way to whatever and for a month i put you know 20 or 30 of these things on my phone a night and did you know i did a for two nights and then b for a night and c for whatever and i'm you know i got i got done i have all my stuff in there it's all dialed and then the iphone comes out you know and it was just like all synced and awesome and i was pissed but I will say when I got that phone, you know, it did change the way I work. You know, it loosened things up. It allowed me to be a little more efficient with my email and how to prep and, you know, how to plan and how to get things faster in front of clients and stuff. You know, I'm burnt by it all the time too, though. I'm, I'm burnt by the, someone not knowing that it's a multi-page PDF and then they just look at the first page and you know, analyze that. And then you get this big email about how they're going with number two out of one through four. And they haven't even seen the other, you know, five through 62 on the other 17. <laughs> that one can kind of bite you in the ass too, a little bit. Uh, last lightning round question. What book would you recommend and why? What book would I recommend and why? Well, I mean, it just depends, you know, it depends. Um, I don't know. You know, right now I am reading, uh, what am I reading right now? I am reading. Oh, I just go back to the ones that I've just read so many times. Papillon is probably my favorite book I read as a kid. Uh, love the movie. Love the book. I've read the book three, four times in my life. Um, but I will say there is something um, and there's all kinds of entry levels to get in. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson all of this sort of particle physics bullshit, like that stuff is like oddly, like really soothing to me, you know? Um, so I, I, I mess around with a lot of that stuff uh, and just kind of, you know, the cosmos, the big, you know, the big questions, pretty existential stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I would say, you know, I, I started with Stephen Hawking. There was a book a, a couple of years ago by a guy named Lawrence Krauss, who, uh, was all about um, how something can come from nothing. If that even kind of makes sense, like you know, where did the first little atom even come from? But if you work, you know, you I was so lost so fast. But it was weirdly soothing because you know my dad died a couple of years ago. We don't need to get into that shit. But you know, he died. And like, where does he go? I had one aunt tell me, you know, oh, he's going to purgatory for this long, and you know, she's full of shit, you know. <laughs> But, you know, the universe right now is real and all around us. And how can I, you know, 
you know, I don't you know whatever you call it. You know, so. I, I have to say, Aaron, you've gone the most existential with the uh, book recommendations, um, which I which I appreciate that. That's uh, well, why, what else would people say? Something. You know, <laughs> 1,001 ways to market your, your job right into the ground so you never even want to show up at it again. Yeah, there's a lot of those books out there. Yeah, I don't know. any. I don't read any of that stuff. I like, I don't know, Civil War books? or Right now I'm reading about Saddam Hussein and what it was like to depose him or whatever they call it, you know, and like debrief him and how fascinating that was and how wrong we were. Oh, my God, how wrong we were on so many levels. And um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, excited. I'm excited to read in 20 years. You know, the book about Trump and yeah. what a gigantic raging piece of shit he is. <laughs> the full tell all. You know, when he had to resign and what? I don't know. You know, July, mid-July of 2017. That big turd. It <laughs> I mean, I just hope his name. I just hope it is only going to be synonymous with the con man that he is. Am I getting a little political? <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, maybe our sister show, like, uh, you know, you donkey or something like that. Maybe yeah, we now, now, you know where, now you know where I stand to all the listeners out there who, <laughs> who are kind of on the fence with them. I'll say this much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Well, then you're complicit. Anywho, moving right along. What's the next lightning round? Uh, actually, we're on to uh, how can our audience uh, find out more about you? And uh, do you have anything that you can uh, they can check out that uh, uh, for them to learn more about Aaron Draplin? Yeah, you can go to draplin.com. You can go to fieldnotesbrand.com. You can go check out the new book, pretty much everything at ddcbook.com. Um, there's all sorts of new skill shares ripping around out there. Um yeah, you can do a big old Google search and, you know, get all disgusted at my face and <laughs> click around on a couple of links. I mean, I've done a lot of these. It's been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, that, I mean, yeah, drapple.com is a good place to start, but, you know, field notes and uh, the book, of course, is raging along. Um, when you're here in Portland, if you're coming through Portland, you go to a place called Hello from Portland, a little, little shop in town that carries all my DDC stuff, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, go to mini mini or go check out, uh, yeah, any number of things around town. They're either buddies or things. I, I roll my sleeves up and sizzle pie or, you know, things around town here in Portland. But, um, yeah, I, I always appreciate when you guys do that, but I always like the idea of just someone just kind of going, well, I'm just kind of curious about this guy. What is his deal? You know, and going and looking and seeing what the, you know, like, how do you, you know, how does anyone get to, you know, get to that stuff, you know? So are you still on, I know you've done several book tours. Are you still on tour? I don't know. We're going to, this will air in a couple of months. So, or maybe a month, six weeks ish. So are you still doing book tour stuff? Or are you, uh, is there any way for people to see you speak or see you talk about your books and other stuff? Well, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be in the fall, we're going to do kind of the, the middle. Um, we did a big spring tour, a big fall tour. And then in the, in the fall here, we're going to do the middle, which is, Wichita, Oklahoma City, some Tulsa, Austin, uh, some Nebraska, some Iowa, some Minnesota, um, you know, some Kansas cities and stuff. Uh, so, you know, there is going to be a little bit of a, of a uh, you know, a, a midsection tour in the fall. But, man, we just did 42 shows in the spring and then 34 in the fall. So, you know, we kind of <laughs> missed one of those. You know, I don't know how much more we can keep talking about this thing, but I will. You know, I I mean, the book is still selling you 33,000 fifth printing 
So, I mean, I know those are numbers. I love, I know marketers love numbers, but here's the deal. I was dead set. on just trying to hit 4,000 because that's what I was told would be successful. You know, we're at 34, 30, I don't know, whatever the hell it is. So yeah, that sounds, that sounds okay. Right. Yeah. Congratulations on that. And uh, congratulations on the upcoming uh, middle tour for those cities. And if you guys are listening and you're in any of those cities, we'll definitely link out to um, the appropriate places to, to find out more info on that in the show notes. Uh, Aaron, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. That's it for our show this week, guys. Uh, Until next week, I'm Brent Weaver.